0: Welcome to the Draft Doctors Fantasy Footy Podcast with your hosts, John Crockett, Steve Fizz, and the Statesman. G'day everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Draft Doctors, I'm your host, Stevie Fizz. Whew. Today's episode, it's uh, it's going to be different, it's me on my own, that's right, it's a show, it's a lot like my love life, it is just me in the room, so uh, congratulations obviously to Jono and, and Amanda over there. Uh, having the, the first kid, so Jono, being a great bloke, he is, is off doing fatherly duties and, and dealing with the, the poos, dealing with the poos, good times there, uh, Stato's obviously recovering from the the COVID, if you manage to listen to the uh, free Pod Pod episode that was put out, you'll hear him sound like death warmed up, so that's obviously not too great, and Cam's just sick, sick of the show, sick of everything, so uh, nothing going on there. I did tweet out a, a photo of a, a box of select prestige cards. So if you are a long time listener, and if you're not, we, we don't want you. We we don't want the new listeners. We just go go listen to something else. Um, but if you did listen, we did the survey earlier in the year about what people wanted, what they wanted to hear. So we've got the three articles a week coming out. We've got the uh, matchup chart for for streaming plays, looking for plus matchups. A good floor there. We've got the um bonus pod now the extra pod the craft doctors um started the started that we've had a couple of shows come out we did Warney's interview that was brilliant um a lot of fun there um and a lot of people did mention that they wanted a way to support the show financially uh I've never really been super keen on the patreon model uh having paywalled content i want eyeballs on my content so And and certainly, I know, having been in tough financial times as the poorest man in fantasy football, um, it just, you know, maybe hiding, having stuff not available is not great for all people, not everyone can afford it. So, uh, we have put up the buy me a coffee uh, thing, which is like, it's the same sort of thing as Patreon, like the membership, whatever, Um, only there's no content. There's no content, so it is what it is. Um, Just if you wanted to donate... Uh, you can and we can help uh, get new logos and new microphones and all that stuff. Um, this isn't a big money spinner for us, so it's just um, a way of people contributing and helping us upgrade the show. Uh, and as a thank you to, to launch that, we'll be giving away a box of select prestige cards. As I mentioned, you can't buy them anymore. They go for a few bucks on eBay. So even if you're not a card nerd, you can certainly make a quid out of it. So, um, you know, we would appreciate anyone who gets involved there. Onto the footy. Uh, the things I noticed this time is contested possession rate, and it's a statistic I'm not a huge uh, rap on. So it's it's always sort of touted as being a good thing to win more of the ball in a contest. Uh, the thing I'm noticing is a lot of the midfielders who are winning the ball at a high contested rate uh, Think of guys like Hugh Greenwood; they've either gone backwards or to the point they've become unrosterable. So, if we look at the midfielders in this situation, um, of the relevant ones who are, who are playing, you got Matty Rowell is the most is the highest contested possession rate uh, midfielder, sixty eight and a half percent. Like, and and he's barely rosterable if if, if he even is. Uh, Hopper, obviously, he's injured. You go down to sort of Rory Sloan, who again, he's injured, but Patrick Dangerfield, he's injured as well, but he, he was really not doing you many favors on field. Hugh Greenwood, as I spoke about, unrosterable. Omira, he's been super disappointing. Uh, Horn Francis, I mean, he's a rookie, so let's not put crazy expectations on him. Uh, Lockie Neal is probably one who bucks the trend. Obviously, when you're winning 40 possessions a game, uh, you, you can get away with you know, winning the ball at a high clip on the inside because he just gets so many and obviously does pretty great work on the outside as well. But uh, Tom Liberatore, again, he's been rosterable, but if he didn't have that forward status, um, he's not as good as he as he, as he would be. But um, look, he's fine. He's fine. He's all good. Uh, Took Miller, again, he's a very contested player, but he has stepped back quite a long way this year. Shea Bolton. He's a real tough forward to have. Warple, in and out of the team, unrosterable. Tom Green, he's, he's broken out this year. Really great for Supercoach. Obviously, they reward the contested uh, possessions, but he's he's, and he's fine. Um, but again, he's not really one of those top-line guys. Connor Nash, um, tough own. Isaac Heaney. Again, the last few weeks have been pretty bad. And if he's not getting that mid-time, not building that score, he's relying on goals, tackles, marks, uh he's he's never really been a big outside disposal winner. his role really hasn't allowed for that anyway. But again, he's he's tough. He he's one of those tough guys to own. Patrick Cripps, another one who bucks the trend, he, he's fine um with those big games early. But he, he, not a, not as good lately. Then you got Koch who's traditionally been a tough iron the last few years. Uh, Willem Drew, again, tough iron. Elliot Euro, tough iron. And then you start to get into sort of 45% ownership, uh, 45% contested possession rate. Right? So these guys are winning more of a ball on the outside. So that that's where you start to see the, the really better players. So I just have noticed um, this year with less contests, uh, you're just seeing those con- real contested guys uh, maybe not be as effective as they have been. Before, obviously, Lockheed Neal, like I mentioned, does buck the trend, but just something to be wary of going forward. Um, when you're looking at inside midfielders, make sure they can win the ball on the outside, find space. It's um, and that's probably why I don't like the statistic because it it really says it, The way it's framed is it's like it's bad to win more of your ball on the outside. Well, what if you're a wingman? Like that's, and if you want to start building these big one twenty scores, there's only so much inside ball, you can sort of generate more outside ball if your team's going really well or um, you're just being able to find space, you know, running super hard. So uh, I just kind of think it's framed poorly. We'll put it that way. Uh, Onto the waiver wires, there's plenty to go around this week. Again, uh, we'll be doing the sort of the the higher own guys for the shallow leagues and the really deep guys for the deeper leagues. So in the shallow leagues, I've got Jared Berry, 81% ownership. We know McCluggage was out, but it's still a really big score. Tough to ignore, so um, we'll monitor that going forward. Jackson Haley from Adelaide, 78% ownership. I really like it. I think he's got to be owned. He's really getting that midfield time the last few weeks. Even with Matt Crouch in, he was really good, so absolutely look to pick that up. You just don't see uh, guys get that role at this stage of the year uh, very often. You really just grab them when they emerge, um, and if they can... Grab the score, that's that's even better. Tommy Atkins, 80% ownership. T- continues to be serviceable. Um, so certainly like Tam Atkins there. Uh, the Deeper League guys, James Peatling. I, I don't even know who this person is. I think I actually walked past him twice uh, in the streets. Just, just it, Look, he's put out two big scores. Uh, really low ownership. So obviously GWS are on by this week. So I'd consider him, um, but not a must grab. Bailey Williams from the Bulldogs. Don't tell Doss I said this, but forty percent ownership, um, defender, very serviceable scores. Uh, and Isaac Rankin from my uh my your and our Gold Coast Suns. Uh he's had a pretty good month, probably at the low end of rosterable scores, but against North Melbourne, um, they have got the buy the week after. Or I should say we've got the buy the week after, but uh absolutely a candidate for, for a pickup. I'd also look at any McCartan from Sydney versus Melbourne. We know key defenders have been smashing it against them lately. So I'd certainly look to grab that there. Uh, and also a key forward from Adelaide uh, versus West Coast. Just roll out one of the tall lumps they consider a forward and uh, you might get a good score out of them. Who knows? It's certainly worse things to happen. Uh, the buy rounds are here. Absolute carnage. Um which I love, I love the the buyers. Um, so Carlton, Port, and Saints, GWS, and Richmond are on buyers. More DPPs have been added, so uh, there's certainly a lot of things going on in the fantasy world. It's um, yeah, it's it's good. It's um, I, I love it. It's it's what it's all about. to the awards for the week, ball adjacent player. Uh, I really wanted to give it to Ben Brown with his two disposals, but um. I'm probably just gonna give it to to Daniel Rich, who had thirteen but one mark, no tackles, thirty-seven points. Can't have that. That's come on, Daniel. What's what's going on? Not 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 up to snuff. Uh the Amber Herter award. Gonna give it to Christian Petrarca. Uh I live with a Melbourne fan, so I I just get sick of hearing about that bullshit. Uh scores were way down. Shut the bed. Can't have any of that. And the John Jarrett junk time. We're giving it to Luke Ryan. Cam informs me he had a 58-point last quarter. Like I just sort of mentioned, key defenders against um, Melbourne are just absolutely raking lately, probably because they have a guy like Ben Brown who only gets two disposals and can't jump. Uh, so I'd absolutely be looking to make that pick up. Certainly a lot of great options there. Uh, on the waivers and some great awards. I think this whole show is just eventually going to turn into a comedy award show at some point. There's really no way around it. It's it's all it is. Anyway, onto the Twitter questions. Monty Waves. Hi, Monty. Uh, Ninja Spoon asks, favorite par four hole played during the off season? Uh, probably, I really haven't been able to get around many golf courses. The challenge has sort of slowed down. I think I've only played like 20 something courses. Um, in this year I've hurt my hip and my well it's my back but I can't really walk a long way without being in crippling pain so to play around a golf really knocks me around uh, I would say the is it the 16th? 16th at Port Ferry probably my favourite I like that hole I reckon there's a lot off the tee that's pretty cool there's some good holes there I think it's a 4th is also a good hole there but um, Trafalgar was a nice little uh, it was a bit of a just a country track, but I thought it was really good. It was like 30 bucks and hard on the legs, but um, yeah, it was a nice one too. Uh, Coxie uh, all by myself. Yeah, that's me. Warnie, you play through the buy rounds in your leagues. We don't sell it to us. Why it's a good thing to do and how you attack draft day and the season with it. Do many coaches strategize for it or just go at the potluck approach? I absolutely go for the potluck approach. There's so much turnover in your team on a week to week basis. Uh, it, It, well, especially from what the start of the year to now, I mean, if you think about all the the guys you thought were going to be great, and, um, you know, a lot of them are droppable. <laughs> um, maybe you're a better draft than me, Warnie, so you don't find yourself in that position. But, um, you know, Tyron Thomas, droppable. Steel sidebottom, droppable. These are high-end guys, and they're just, you know, out. Like, so, but I, I love playing the buy rounds because I think it's, it rewards aggressive coaches who play to win. Um, and player movement is... I think player movement is central to a fun league. It's the thing you talk about with your mates in the group chat. Um, like you're discussing trades or, you know, you're laughing at someone who... Like someone dropped someone good a few weeks ago and now they've and now they turned things around or someone picked up someone you dropped and they stunk it up again. Like I picked up Will Powell who just shat the bed and... Um, yeah, but I think player movement's good and it rewards aggressive players. You just see time and time again um, in leagues, the players who aren't prepared to make the hard call to cut those line ball players, they're the ones who miss finals and get left behind. You, your job as a fantasy coach is to make the finals first and then, you know, you kind of... Like, it's it's, it's generally the best teams make the finals and the hottest team wins it. So, but... Um, I just think rewarding, aggressive play is good. That's that's what it should be about. Uh, Surly asks, any advice on how to improve a middle-of-the-table team that has two primos, 100 to 110, a couple of 90s guys, and a heap of 80s players? If I can't win, I'm considering protecting my reign as the only multiple-time league winner by trading to someone who hasn't won before. Uh, I would be trying to trade two of those, say, a 90 and an 80 guy, to get a one, like a step up. Just free up a roster spot, man. Um, try to get a better player, for starters. I know it's easier said than done. You really got to target some undervalued guys, but you got to free up that roster spot and I hope you can um, fill it with someone good off the waiver of wire or at least stream a very replaceable score, which you can do depending on your league, I'm, I'm sure. Uh, the other way, if you can't get that deal done is, is trade one of your primos down for two players but get guns who have slipped like get Whitfield get um, oh shit I don't know who else basically anyone who's in my team and just try to and just sort of hope that they sort of come good like that's that's kind of where I'd be at and I'd be realistic about where my team's at like if you've got some guys who are overperforming be realistic about that um, you know if you got Blixarves or Darcy Cameron, do you want to trade them out and try to get some value now? Do you? Um, just that, That's that's all I can say, man. Like it's, it's it's kind of a shit spot where you're in the... I mean, it's better to be in the middle than at the end, um, but just be aware of the injuries that that going to happen. Um, Beware of the good streams and, and just, I'd say two for ones are the best way. And it just... Yeah, hope. <laughs> Frio asks, how do you feel about Nam folding after their first loss? Yeah, they had to do it. You just, you can't have that bad. That's terrible. My God, you got to move on. Uh, Any risk of Flynn and Proust being played together? Yeah, I'd say there is, but I'm not sure how much. Um, Certainly, absolutely monitor that situation. How to handle the buys if your league doesn't play them? Uh, It's a good question. I don't really have any leagues that don't play them. I mean play DFS or something. I mean, maybe you get aggressive and you try to trade a, trade for a Jack Steel or trade for a Brody Grundy or someone like that. But I'd, yeah, I don't know. i just pay attention to what's happening on the waiver wire, to be honest, and role changes. Damo, if you record late enough, I can jump on if you need a friend. Sorry, Damo, uh, you and your crazy Perth times. Major Van Bam, what's your perfect Sunday? Um, I don't know. Uh, who, uh, I've got to record this podcast. Saturdays is my day because uh, I'll generally work in the morning and then I come home and have bacon and eggs uh, with baby fizz and, and that's our day. Like, you know, maybe play snooker down at the club. Go on, friction, I'd like to know your favorite golf hole in Oz. It's a good question. Um, there's too many good ones. I love a short par four um, and also like, I mean, par three is just with hell going on. So I love the... Seventh on the old course at the National, like the most photographed old going around. Um, so short par fours, probably a couple you can get down to. I love um, at Flinders, the, the the coffin hole, the fourth. Um, I like, is, is it the first or the 10th at Victoria, the, the downhill par four that you can hit um, onto the green, surrounded by bunkers. So there's just tr- trouble everywhere. There, Probably off the top of my head, a couple of good ones. I like the 15th at Port Ferry, the part three. They moved the tee out to the, closer to the water. That's pretty good. Um, the fifth at New South Wales, I just can't forget coming over that crest and then you look down and just, wow, it's mind-blowing stuff there. Um, yeah, probably, probably one of those ones. Everything at the dunes is good. Uh, Russ. Who is your favorite Jag forward? Mine would have to be Member Breeze. Yeah, he's, he'd be a good one. I like uh check He'd be one. Um, Cam, Cam Peterson. Come on. He's a, he's our boy from back in the day. Probably Cam. Uh, packinson thoughts on hybrid clubs. Just bought a Texas wedge and it's proving to be a favorite. Yeah, absolutely. Get on the hybrids. Get on the, um, yeah, that chipper putter thing. Yeah, they're all good. Greg, as the Gold Coast Suns number one ticket holder, can you shed some light on the credible cough big footy cough rumours of Rowell having OP? It'd make sense. I have no idea. Here's Timmy, uh more golf chat. Uh I don't know, Tim. I haven't like I said, I haven't been playing heaps of golf. I did get up your way. I played at Buninyong, uh, which is, you know, it's a nice little country track. I think they're looking for a superintendent. Um but yeah like i said just with my injury uh which i'm rehabbing hasn't been heaps and heaps of golf uh i, I guess there's a lot of golf talk we, we'll look at this fantasy footy golf club thing we might have a we might get some tee times in melbourne and and have a catch up day is there interest in that hit us up in the let us know on twitter or the, on facebook um if there's interest in a, in a draft doctors golf day or some shit like that Warnie also asked Draft Doctors, I know why Potato Bake isn't on the podcast this week. He's going to win the week in off-brand. He did not. Michael asks, please provide justification for up-down girl being overrated and not, in fact, underrated if such a thing exists. I mean, look at the GIF you submitted here, Michael. That I mean, it really speaks at all. Like, what what is going on in this GIF? It just, I mean, it's horrendous. This is tragedy, but I, it's just... There's too much woo, too much wooing for me. It's it's not like like I like Billy Joel and everything, but I like I like The Stranger. Come on, that's that's peak Billy Joel, not this boppy shit. Frio asks, when will AFL players fight each other over fantasy sports? Early NFL takes. Yeah, I, I have no. It's way too early for me to be on the NFL. Other than the Colts are going to win the Super Bowl. Uh, and, yeah, the, the major league players, uh, Jock Peterson, getting slapped over a fantasy football spot. And it's just, I mean, there's nothing to talk about, right? So they're talking about fantasy sports. It's just amazing. I, I love it. Get around it. I'm sure that sort of stuff goes on behind closed doors. We need um, You need a player to, like, start a fantasy show. That's what you need. Uh, completely make us irrelevant. More irrelevant. Simon asks... Tyron Thomas, pick thirteen in a second year keeper. What the fuck has happened to him? And what do I do with him? It's a tough one, Mark. um, Simon. Really tough. Uh, the mid time's been there, and he really has. He's just fallen off a cliff. Uh, the team's trash, but they were trash last year too. They just took a lot of marks, so his goals have just evaporated. His tackles are down. The disposals are just in the can. Marks are down. Everything's down, and his game time started to go down too. So. Um, maybe there is a niggle. I, I don't know, but he's had what I would consider to be a pretty good role. Um, that's why I just cut the cord this week in in redraft. Obviously, in a keeper, you're not, but his top score was like seventy six or something. Like, what? That's the best. So, I um, yeah, I'm I'm cagey. I'm really cagey to be honest. That was a that was a mistake, I guess. Uh, Forked hawk. Name a player in each line you had high hopes for at draft time, but based on what you have seen, you would throw back to the wire. Tyron Thomas, um, easy. Uh, steel side bottom. Not that I was super high on him, but it was more than garbage. Um, Matty Rowell, probably. He's been pretty bad. Uh, I mean, Matt Crouch, always. I love Matt Crouch. And, uh, and defense. like If you look at Lucky Whitfield's scores, you can't... Like, you're not dropping Lucky Whitfield, obviously, but he's basically a pool defender. So, but you're just never not rostering him because it's um, Lucky Whitfield. So, I'm not dropping him, but man, he's getting to be a tough, tough iron. Nathan Ma, best unique options, 500K or under in each line? Nathan, come on, that's a salary cap question. Michael asks... Couple of popular forward guns battling Zorko and Heaney and Port guys, etc. Any trend between them or simply standard variants? I think Zorko is just variants, but Heaney's lost a lot of midfield time. Uh, and again, like we mentioned, he's relying on contested dispose or possessions. So if you're playing forward, there's less of those to go around. Um, you're going to get there through marks and tackles, and goals will. You know, if you can't get out on the lead and take a few marks. And he's in a pretty crowded forward line, if we're being ominous. Like, Buddy and Papley, like, there's some good players. So, yeah, he might just be a tough owner. And that's kind of why, like, every preseason, his average will be, like, a top 10 average because you remove all these guys like Liver and trelor and that. And Heady sort of sits there at the... At the top 10 areas and you're like, well, we'll just rank him there. But you know, over the season, guys are going to emerge and just go past him and he'll finish as like F15 or some shit. That's just, all those guys do. The Port guys is tough. Like, their, their midfield time goes up and down. So, um, I think Port are a good team. You just got to be mindful of it. Carl asks, I just traded Chero. He's on 103 at half time. What kind of life is this? It's the fantasy life, Carl. Jared asks, Feel free not says, feel free to pad a minute silence for my home league where the undefeated leader had stashed stashed Jed Anderson. My God. Alex, who's a better fantasy coach out of Cam and Stato? I've already ruled out Jono. Thing is, Jono's going to be hot fire from here because he's actually got the baby swag. So he's he's run the table this week. I think he's won home league, listen league and the keepers. Uh, so he's on fire. It's probably Stato, um, because He actually knows what a good football player looks like (laughs) Um, and how they fit into various roles because he's followed them since they were like 11. That's sick, data. Why would you do that? Uh, Chris asks, in what world does Darcy Cameron stay number one ruck when Grundy returns? The world that my draft side sits in would be the preferred world. um, Yeah, I don't, it's it's not happening. If you want Darcy Cameron to keep being good, you need Grundy to just uh, have a setback. Which I don't want because I have Grundy. Uh, Saint Steve R, uh, says, "Nice Steve. Hopefully, get some more Supercoach relevant content." Man, fucking Darcy Moore must have had the most influential Supercoach game of all time because I played against him in my home league and I pulled a drawer out because he scored. What did he score? Um, it was crazy. 96 super coach, 36 Dream Team. He had 10 disposals. Three. He kind of had a heap of like intercept marks because he only had three marks. So he's like fucking tripled his score. And I had a draw and I was probably lucky to get the draw. So that was um, tough. Anyway, that's going to be it for this week, listeners. Make sure you check out the Craft Doctors on Friday. That is when we will put that show out. Uh, so certainly check that out. And like I said, uh, we'll be doing the buy me a coffee thing. If you want to win the select cards, Uh, you know, donate, donate. The content's going to be free though. Don't bitch about that. So uh, good luck over the buy rounds and we'll see you next week. Hopefully not on my own because, you know, as narcissistic as I am, it's no fun. All right, we'll see you then.